Wow, I am absolutely thrilled to go over what I think may be my favorite episode of Black Mirror's Season 6, Episode 3, called Beyond the Sea. In this episode, Aaron Paul, known for his role as Jesse Pinkman in Breaking Bad, and Josh Hartnett share the spotlight as the main characters in a thrilling sci-fi story set in 1969. In this parallel version of 1969, both actors portray astronauts, whose real physical bodies are in outer space while the version of them on Earth is a replica. We first learn this when David takes his family to the movie theater, one sunny day in California. As they leave the theater, a fanboy approaches David and shakes his hand, enthused. The young man starts asking David all kinds of questions. This is when he first gets the idea that David's some kind of Elon Musk. But in the 1960s, moreover, unlike Elon, David actually travels to space himself. David answers the kid's questions totally, nerding out, but his wife nudges him to come on. On the other hand, we are introduced to Aaron Paul's character, who lives in seclusion on a barn. The scene depicts him sitting at a table with his wife and son, saying grace to Jesus Christ. This portrayal suggests that Aaron Paul's character is a bit of a recluse, someone who prefers solitude and portrays Christian values. These contrasting introductions and characterizations create a sense of anticipation and curiosity. Set the stage for an engaging modern sci-fi thriller where the paths of these two astronauts intersect in a suspenseful journey referencing dark symbolism and advanced modern technology. Coming home from the theater, David's wife sees a hippie van parked out front of their house. She doesn't say anything to David about it, though. This is when we see exactly how these two astronauts do their space travel. Both David and Cliff head to their chairs, riddled with cords and equipment that links them through some cyberspace portal where we see them awake in their pods. It looks like David is the programmer fellow, while Aaron Paul's character, Cliff, does more of the physical work. They go back to their lives on Earth, when David wakes up in the middle of the night to voices downstairs. He grabs a baseball bat and heads and creeps down the stairs. He sees a hippie-like group of young whippersnappers, similar to Charles Manson and his gang of girls. This guy had long hair and a crazed look in his eyes. They were more than intrigued with the cyborg-like man. Moreover, each of the hippies were named after letters in the Greek alphabet, with the leader of the cult being named Kappa who is played by Macaulay Culkin's brother, Kieran Culkin. And they are obsessed with David, believing he is an abomination. They called him the Machine Man. And as David swung his bat to fight off the intruders, they teamed up on him and grabbed him, pinning him down. This is when the episode began to get very scary, as the hippies, cheering with glee, screamed in the Machine Man's face and threatened to bring his wife and kids downstairs as well. This is the part where I was knees deep in popcorn, shivering with suspense, and I had to pause the TV, only to realize that this was one of the longer episodes within this new season. I was stoked that there was still over an hour left in this episode, but I was also feeling empathetic for David, the astronaut whose arm was about to get chopped off. Yes, this Charles Manson cult leader type figure had a sharp knife positioned on David's forearm when he proclaimed, A man sleeps in the sky while his mechanical image walks the earth. A man sleeps in the sky while his mechanical image walks the earth. He screams that this is unnatural and begins to slice. 
only to reveal that David's blood is a gooey green, leaking a minimal liquid through a bionic layering of metal. David's replica, now missing a whole hand, weeps in agony. As if it couldn't get any worse, the leader of the cult urges the girls to grab the rest of the family. David then lays there as the hippies tie up his wife and his two children in front of him. He screams, they put a cloth in his mouth, and then the leader of the cult bashes in his head with a baseball bat. Now remember, the real-life David is in space, in the pod. So when his face is bashed open, it reveals more of the bionic microprocessing and he awakens in outer space. He then forces himself back to a deep sleep so he can return to his replica on Earth, where he then has to experience what can only be one of the hardest things a man has to go through as his wife and kids are slaughtered by the hippie cult and David's replica is destroyed. Now, he is a man in space with no way of returning to Earth. He grows his beard and spends his days in the pod reading books and eating space food. Whereas Cliff stayed recluse in the countryside, David was in the suburbs, going to movie theaters in California in the middle of the day, basically letting everyone know where he was. He had gotten cocky, and when you possess such powerful technology, certainly you need to be cautious and aware that there is some sick fuck out there who wants what you have. It seems like Cliff, Aaron Paul's character, knew this, and that is why he stayed in a barn, secluded from society. And David, who confidently walked around town in a busy suburb, ultimately ended up losing his family to a group of thieves interested in his machine. This scene was certainly one of the more disturbing ones I have ever seen from Black Mirror. Just when we thought Jesse Pinkman may have finally been living a happy life, he figures out the disturbing news about his co-pilot. As this episode takes a dark and emotional turn, Cliff, the character played by Aaron Paul, discussed with his wife about letting David use his link. They feel it would be good for him to see some sunshine, even if it is through the lens of Cliff's replica. In this episode, the link refers to a high-tech device or mechanism that enables individuals to transfer their consciousness or experience to another location, specifically from Earth to outer space. It functions similar to the concept of Neuralink, a real-life neurotechnology company founded by Elon Musk that aims to create a direct interface between the human brain and computers. However, in this fictional context, when the characters access the link, their replica on Earth shuts down, and their real human selves awaken in outer space. Cliff allows David to use his link, thus accessing his replica on Earth. He stays in Cliff's home and goes outside, his eyes brightened by the sun. He begins to weep for all the adversity he has recently faced. Cliff's wife comforts him. David comes back to the pod, where he and Cliff come up with an agreement that David can access Cliff's replica once a week on Fridays, in order for him to, at the very least, regain some happiness and sanity. Over the course of several Fridays, we are taken through a tumultuous journey of trust, lust, and relationships. As David, when accessing Cliff's replica on Earth, begins to set up his little paint studio in the barn, wherein he begins to get rather comfortable, as I am sure you can imagine. I did fail to mention that, in the beginning of the episode, when we meet David and his California movie-going family, it is apparent that he has quite the sexual appetite as he plays the song La Mer, Beyond the Sea, the French original version, and dances with his now late wife, caressing her and, 
You know what else? Whereas Cliff is more distant with his wife and doesn't prefer to get physical with her in his replica form, David shows Cliff a painting he made of Cliff's house and they agree to continue their agreement. David paints on Earth in Cliff's cyborg replica, but we cannot feel a certain unease about him. As he begins to play La Mer, Beyond the Sea, the same song he would play for his wife, he now plays in the barn, clearly trying to seduce Cliff's wife. Cliff roams the pod, looking through David's books, though he never actually opens one up or even glances over the title. And it is apparent that David is a reader, because he convinces Cliff's wife to go into town with him one day on his earthly visits. They go to bookstore where he buys her the book, The Moon is a Harsh Mistress, by Robert A. Heinlein. I thought this was an interesting reference because this sci-fi novel, about a computer becoming sentient on Earth, is directly reminiscent of David who is experiencing consciousness in another man's life. He encourages Cliff's wife to read sci-fi. Similarly, this sci-fi novel, about a computer becoming sentient on Earth, is directly reminiscent of David who is experiencing consciousness in another man's life. We then learn the extent to which his consciousness is capable of, as it may be possible he can read Cliff's memories from his replica. As Cliff, up in the pod, goes through David's drawings only to find illustrations of his wife. Some of the illustrations depict her in the nude. Cliff is pissed, and he rings David up to the pod. They get in a big argument wherein David tells Cliff that he should be more appreciative of what he has. David also brings up the fact that Cliff has not been intimate with his wife lately, which leads us to believe that David may have accessed some of Cliff's memories, similarly to how computers take over infrastructures within Earth in the novel The Moon is a Harsh Mistress. Nevertheless, Cliff nor his wife never mentioned this personal information to David, and Cliff's wife never gave in to David's seductive charm while he possessed Cliff's replica though he did get very close in the barn when he played that song and almost charmed her into kissing him. This was when it became clear to me that Jesse Pinkman, a.k.a. Cliff, had been too trustworthy, and now David was trying to take over his life. David, whose pod is filled with drawings of his life on Earth, seems to cherish his life back home. Whereas Cliff's pod is empty, while maybe it is true that Cliff doesn't cherish his beautiful home and family life, it is also true that David possesses some rather dark tendencies. As I mentioned earlier in my analysis, David, who lost his family to the hippie cult, is the computer programmer of the duo who stays inside the spacecraft, while the character of Cliff physically exits the craft from time to time to actually work on exterior of the spaceship. After Cliff literally punches David in the face after seeing the illustrations of his wife, you can imagine how tense their relationship must be on the craft ultimately leading to Cliff explicitly telling David he needs to back off and that his wife is his and nobody else's. This lead to one of the most suspenseful scenes I have ever experienced, wherein David tells Cliff that a small impact hit a few minutes ago and the coolant tubing took a hit. Cliff exits the craft to take a look at it, only to see there is nothing wrong with the tubing, and he is floating there, in space. He screams for David, light years away from Earth, boiling with rage as he realizes he may have trusted his co-pilot a little too much. From here, we will not give away exactly how the episode ends. Ultimately, this episode was a nail-biting classic sci-fi thriller with nostalgic themes of the 1960s and the aesthetic of Stanley Kubrick's 2001 A Space Odyssey. 
Beyond the Sea sticks out as an all-time classic sci-fi piece about what happens when man tries to play God, what happens when a man uses a machine to access consciousness, or, moreover, when a machine uses man to access consciousness. Well, that's it for today's deep dive on Black Mirror's new season. I really had a great time wessing this series, and an even better time giving you this analysis on a dark, emotional episode with themes of love and betrayal. Please make sure to leave a comment on what you would like us to go over next, and subscribe for more tunes from the sound man himself, Slowpaxo.